This week, the obvious question is, am I in control of my life? I'm Mike Trevisano with Bob Meyer and Joe Bertalek. Each week, one of us surprises the other two with a question that may seem obvious, but is seldom answered. And we see how deep we can go with it. And we invite you, our dear listeners and friends, to help us find some answers together through comments on our site or on our Facebook page. So this week, Bob asks us if we control our lives or does life control us? Work or school is insanely busy, our kids get sick, traffic is bad so we run late, and all the while, our email inboxes grow and grow. If we could just get ahead of it all, then everything might seem okay. We could finally find some peace. So how can we do it? After the show, let us know your thoughts at obviousquestion.wordpress.com or check us out on our Obvious Question Facebook page. Now here's the show. So here we are, kind of in the, that almost spring is in the air kind of moment. And um, things are starting up for me with like sports activities for my kids, lots of things happening project-wise at work. Lots of things I'm doing in the community, volunteering for things, captaining things. Um, and I feel like I'm smooth sailing. It's all going along until there's that big crash where I feel overwhelmed, that, that feeling of being overwhelmed. And the analogy that I draw from that is like like I've been thrown to this raging river and, and I'm, I'm like just trying to grab onto the sides to hold on to something and it, it doesn't feel good to me. And... Um, I want some kind of relief, you know, somebody throw me a life jacket or a raft. Um, and then there's this notion of like, well, maybe I should go with the flow, like just, just flow with it. But we all struggle with that. I struggle with that. Like when I come into the office and I'm like, oh, I have so many things to do, but you know, here's a distraction. There's a distraction. Here's a roadblock. Um, so my, my thing is I want to be in control. Like I, I want to be in control of my life. And I feel like, in a sense, I'm out of control, but then I'm struggling with, why do I want to be in control? Because I'm this spontaneous kind of person, and being in control is no fun. So my question to throw out there is, you know, am I in control of my life? And you're asking us that question, Bob, as opposed to asking yourself. I <laughs> yes, yeah, thinking, yeah, well, both, you, you know. Control your life. Yeah, I'm out of control, you. guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I, a lot of conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks, it must be a seasonal thing or maybe it's just it's there all the time and it shows its head when spring hits or when, you know, when when things start to come together again for families and all. Of. But people have been talking about that, about how busy things are, how, how critically uh, things are happening around them that need to get done, that need attention. And uh, I jokingly said to you guys, I remember last week we were talking, I said, I'm busy here with the yard and cleaning up, you know, the, all the debris from the winter and you know, getting the lawn ready and stuff like that. And the two of you kind of laugh because I assume you don't do as much of that as, as I might do, you know, in, in my spare time. But it feels like pressure. It does, even in that respect, it feels like that stuff is kind of a burden. And I'm thinking control is an interesting thing because I think when, when I focus on something, I tend to miss all the things around it. And, uh, you know, conversations that we have about um, how do things happen or, or what does luck mean, things like that. I think when you focus on something really carefully like that, then everything else around feels like somewhat of a distraction or it feels like it pulls you away from it. Whereas if you back up a little bit and soften the look, it seems like things happen, stuff happens, but it's not quite the same critical way. And they happen for the better. You find things that you don't normally see, that you wouldn't see happening, the good stuff that happens all around you. But I think at times I get way too focused on a specific thing, that anything that happens out of that path 
to me is a problem. It's a distraction. It needs not to happen. And it, that feels pressure. It feels like there's a lot of pressure on that situation. I think that I think that you are both. You are not at all in control, and you are also in control. I think that uh, I'll, I'll put it this way: Imagine you're 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 walking in a, in a park, beautiful spring day, everything is going really great, and you're walking by a baseball field, and there's a bunch of kids playing, and their best batter you don't even know him, you don't know these people, but the best best batter gets up and he smacks a home run, and it leaves the park, and it's heading right towards your head, Bob. But I catch it, it, right? I catch it, right, Mike? One-handed? Well, well that's, when, that's what it's up to you. So you're not in control at all of the baseball game or that the kid hit a home run or anything like that. You can't control that. But you can control if you what you do with the ball as it is hurling through your head, presuming you see it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that that's, that's true uh, in your life, in my life, or whatever. I, I can't necessarily control a lot of the things that happen around me. I, I like to think that I influence a lot of what I want to have happen in my life, but I can't control uh, a lot of it. But I can always control how I react to it or how I feel about it, especially if I'm if I'm good, right? And boy, as I say this, you know, you guys know me. I don't do this well all the time, but I know from a starting position, I want to believe that I can control these things, or I can I can see things with with the right kind of filter, or I can I can interpret information and and uh, try to to react to it in a way that's conscious mm-hmm. right and that's where i think i can control things i think i can uh i can i can have some influence that way yeah i like so my control uh, yeah i'm sorry bob go ahead oh, i was just saying thinking about the reaction and the mind thing and i think that's where at least for me i get caught up sometimes when i think about um something that happens to you or you get an email or your boss gives you a new assignment or you get a new project and it's that Im- immediate like apprehension anxiety fear that wow this thing is huge i'll never get my hands around this and you can't get started and and you worry about it and that's all the mind thing you're thinking about what the outcome is going to be or how this is not going to work out or and i think that happens to us even in like let's say difficult conversations that we're worried about well i should go into john's office and have this conversation with him but oh gosh well what did what if John fires me or what if John gets upset with me? So we start to like rationalize what's going to happen. But usually the image we have in our minds is much worse than the reality. So we kind of get stuck. And I think at least for me, that's part of this not feeling in control because something's been pushed onto me. But I really like what you said in terms of, well, it's, it's my choice in terms of how do I react to it. Maybe I need to just stop and say, well, okay, let's take a deep breath. You know, that whole notion of like when somebody sends you a blasting email, you have that tendency to want to respond and, and, and you know, use all those emoticons and, and, and things and, and really blast them back. But when you look at it the next day, you feel entirely different about it. Yeah, and I was thinking, Mike, what you were talking about also, I somehow what went through my head was the idea that that sense of control is all an illusion sense of safety whatever like you say bob walking past the ballpark never would even consider being hit in the head by a ball like that but it comes out of nowhere if you ask him five minutes before that he'd say no life is good i'm I'm in control i've got things going on whatever and yet stuff happens and it happens at the weirdest times so my first thought is well it's an illusion when that illusion gets taken away then all of a sudden your awareness gets gets very very deep in terms of what could potentially happen. But if you let it go too far, 
then all the stuff Bob's talking about, the what if stuff starts to creep in. You know, I, right now I feel pretty good, but what if it wasn't that way? Something I think we all share, the three of us I know have read the uh, the book, Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, and um, I think his, his follow-up books as well. Um, and as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, but right now, what's wrong with right now? What's Is anything, you know, is there a problem in the moment? No. It, it's stuff you're talking about, Bob, seems like future stuff, like the what if I my boss does this? What if that happens? And and I, I find more times than not, I get caught up in that as well. And I, I, I waste time and I waste energy and I waste focus on what happens if. And at the same time, now I got to balance it with that that thing that Mike said about the illusion of everything being okay. You know, the the idea that uh, if I take that away for a second, all of a sudden I'm like fearful, concerned, worried about all that stuff that you're that you're actually talking about. Yeah, I wonder sometimes, like not even thinking about myself, but there's um, someone that I know, you know, not a good friend, but you know, someone that's a, I would consider a friend. But going through a tough time in their life where, you know, financially, spirit, you know, this person actually sent me an email and, and, and said, Bob, I'm really having a tough time. And they, and they listed all these things that they're having problems with, problems with like, their parents, problems with their job, problems with the spouse, problems with the children, and struggling spiritually, struggling with depression. And this whole list, and I was like, gosh, it's like I really, you know, it's a tight spot. It's a really painful situation, I'm sure. In that case, for that individual, they feel totally out of control. So how do I give them advice to say, well, you know, approach it from a different angle. You know, don't, I, I always go with this notion of like when I was using the analogy of the river, it's like, don't try so hard. Because sometimes we try so hard to control the outcome and it's it's, it's a disservice. I, I'm always um, really mesmerized by things that happen let let's say at work or even at home where we make this thing into a big problem and then the problem dissolves like it goes away but you've spent all this energy and time to try to fix this thing and control the outcome and then it could be a project it could be a project at work where it's like this big task you have and you think it's really this complicated but then it's like poof it, it, it just went away because the person said, oh, we don't we don't really need that business requirement. That's not important. I just put that in there. And like, oh, my gosh. It's like we were going crazy. We didn't know what to do. Um, so it's, I don't know, I still, I still struggle with this being out of control thing. You, you know, you, you brought up a, a perfect one. I, just this week, I've, I've witnessed so many issues coming in from work that uh, are, are play out just like that. They come in and there's a whole lot of excitement and anxiety. In fact, they they use the word, this is really freaking me out, this thing, or I'm anxious about this. And and what you find out after a, a, just a, a little bit on a conference call or something talking about it is they're not really worried about the problem. They're worried about what other people think the problem will lead to, which is not at all necessarily real. In fact, they're it's most likely not going to be real. But that's how they're thinking. They're projecting, you know, a result of this that that isn't even true. And I think the moment that I know for myself, the moment I can identify that I'm thinking that, <laughs> just that, not not try to come up with a solution around it or, or to even refute it and say, well, that's not likely to happen because that's not really the point. But the moment I can just identify I'm thinking about this problem uh, in a way that is is not really even true. In fact, I'm, I'm taking a problem and I'm putting a wrapper around it that doesn't even need to be there. The moment I do that, it suddenly becomes much easier for me to deal with. Just acknowledging I'm doing it. I'm creating uh, I'm creating my own problem. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Yeah, it's very back to what Joe said. The Eckhart Tolle. I mean, you you really need to, at least for me, you know, reread that book or, or a chapter or two because it is almost unthinking. It's very Zen-like. Because even the person that I mentioned, um, I, I don't. I think if I gave this advice, it would fall flat. But even for them, it's like I think he needs to. I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking, well, he needs to step outside of the situation or step outside of himself. But how does he really do that? And what I mean by that is like. Go go to a park, take a walk, you know, reflect on things, but don't think of the problem at hand. Try to enjoy an afternoon, get away from it. We all say that, well, you know, why do people, some of us might meditate, other people might, you know, do sports or go to the gym or uh, maybe get a massage, you know, something that relaxes you and in that moment you kind of stop thinking about the problem. And, and we do that sometimes, right? We go to sleep on a big problem and you wake up in the morning, you're like, ah, oh, I got the answer, I figured it out. Um, and that's because you stepped away from it, stepped away from the yeah. control, you know. Yeah, I think you're right on, Bob. And it's funny, years ago, a similar situation, I, I, I asked a question, which I thought was really important. It mattered to me. I, I needed an answer. I felt like edgy, like I'm feeling right now even talking about it. Like, well, I just have a question. I've got this question. It's really important. And the person I was talking with uh, was one of the instructors I was working with. And he said to me, I unask your question. I said, What? He said, I'm just going to unask your question. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, wherever that question came from, I'm going to unask it, take it back, put it wherever it was and forget about it. And I, I looked at him, you know, the way you look at somebody who's crazy. And I thought, wait a minute, you can't do that. It's, it's my question. And I realized as I was saying it, it's my question. It's not a question that's out there that needs to be resolved. It's my question. It lives with me. It's in my head. And for just a second, I thought, what if this question disappeared? And I, I played the game. You know, I said, okay, so I don't have the question anymore. And it's funny because I felt myself like relax and smile. Like I, I don't have that question anymore. It's gone. And it didn't really change anything in a real sense. That question is still lurking back there somewhere. But getting it out of my head and getting it not in the moment, needing an answer and whatever made all the difference. So I think, I think you're right. I think there is something about me owning this and me carrying it forward, me being the one that promotes it. Mike said this as well, that you know, you get to a point where you just have to unask it. You just have to undo it. I say just. I mean, very easy for me to say, very hard to do. You know, I find that it's difficult in, in life situations. I can say it, but then to actually do it, you know, in the moment, I might need one of you guys to say to me, well, just unask it. And I say, oh, come on, guys, you know, that doesn't work. And, and then eventually have you push me to the point where I say, you know what? I do need to unask it. There are no disconnected questions. They don't just come out of nowhere. They come out of me or they come out of somebody else. And if I can get myself to recognize that, I'll be way ahead of myself in the game in terms of you know relaxing. The thing you're talking about, take the walk in the park and stuff like that. Clear your head. Mm -hmm. Get rid of that that question that you're struggling with. Yeah, I, I think it's this. There's an easy answer. I think there's an easy button to everything, but we we tend to, you know, rationalize and think that it has to be overly complicated. But and, and then if you do oversimplify it, people will say, well, you're you're oversimplifying this. It's really complicated. But that's because it's complicated in the mind of the question holder, right? Or the person that holds the problem. It's complicated for them because there's a lot of things and a lot of circuitry in the brain to work through to, to get that out. Yeah, there's nothing more frustrating than having somebody say, it's not complicated, it's simple, mm -hmm. when you're the one holding that question. Mm -hmm. So I... I'm on both sides of it. I'm thinking I want to I want to say it, but I don't want to insult the person or cause them to, you know, to think I'm trivializing what they're saying. I'm not. What I'm saying is there's a path, and I know how difficult it is because I've been on it. But at the same time, if you do it, if you at least pay attention to it, you know, create a little bit of awareness around it, 
you might stumble onto something. You might actually stumble onto the place that, again, using Eckhart Tolle as an example, where in this moment, right now, as we're talking, what's wrong with this moment? Nothing. It's just, it's just, but Bob, don't you understand that what's going to happen? Don't you? Well, no, what's wrong with right now and right now and right now? And what you find is you, as you plow into the future, you know, all of those moments become that moment where nothing wrong with any of those moments. And when the time comes, like you said before, you'll resolve it. You'll get rid of the question. You'll solve it. The person won't care anymore, whatever it is. It'll disappear. To what extent was it, was the worry worth it? You know, to what extent was it worth putting yourself into it like that? And and the way you started this question initially was all that stuff that's happening, springtime, all the sports and work and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening, kind of shaking their head going, me too. I'm in that same place and I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And it seems like I made those choices. So in a way, I feel like, well, I was in control, right? Because I volunteered to do this race last week. I volunteered to be the captain of my son's tennis team. I, I volunteered to be the HOA president of my neighborhood. You know, all these things. I, I signed up for them. I'm good at signing up for things and then complaining and bitching about them. <laughs> it's like, what the hell was I thinking? Like... When everybody says, you know, uh, who wants to volunteer for this and, and nobody raises their hand, there's this altruistic part of me that says, I can be that person. I can do this. But it's like, wow. And then I get I hit the wall and I've hit the wall now. So I'm, mm. I went from feeling I was in control to feeling out of control. But even last night, it's funny because like during the day and even in the evening, I got a lot of these things I needed to get done. And I, I'm sure a lot of listeners, maybe both of you think the same way. I equate getting emails over to people and telling them what to do is getting things off of my plate onto other people's plates. So I'm in control and now, now, now they can be in control. <laughs> it's like, uh, but it, it seems like a bad, when I describe it that way, it sounds terrible. Like I'm a terrible person. Why am I doing that? I'm like, I'm just shifted my stuff over to somebody else and created a burden for them. But I feel I could, I slept. I, it was like one of those, what is it? Lunesta nights, you know, where it's like, ah, oh, I feel good. <laughs> There's nothing on my mind, but, uh, you know, the surprise is that you, that's how you got your burden to start off with. Somebody else passed it on to you or later on. You, and so you, you're, you're just right. kind of passing this little thing around. You it's know, like everybody a hot, gets a piece hot potato. Yeah. 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 Joe, you and I tripped on on each other, but but only because I, I was going to say the, the exact same thing. It reminded me of a quote that uh, an old manager of mine gave me a whole bunch of crap to do one day at work. And, and he said it just like this. Well, Michael, you know, shit rolls downhill. And you, my friend, are in the valley. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, but what you know, it's funny. What you realize is that that valley is made out of mountains that are infinitely high. Like, you know, somebody was above him rolling, rolling shit toward him and someone was above that person. There's you never get to a pinnacle where mm -hmm. where you're not, you know, the the subject of it. You know, everybody's kind of insane. And it's really because everybody else is insane, too. Yeah. Mm. And so I'm thinking so there's got to be a solution to this. There has to be with this awareness. I mean, this conversation right now, I'm thinking you guys you're saying great things about the obvious, what's what's happening, and but you're explaining it in a way that most people don't think about it that way. So what if all that's true? And what if what if we're in this place? And is the answer just that we unask the question or don't think about the thing? Or in, in your case, Bob, pass it on to somebody else. If you're really at the bottom of the valley and there's no place to pass it to, what do you do? What what's the yeah. is there a solution or 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 do you just 
again, go to the point where, hey, I'm out of control and it's not mine to do. It's not, or, yeah, control maybe, is not mine. Maybe I should unask the obvious question, which is, am I in control of my life? Maybe the answer is I shouldn't worry about it. Just live my life. Don't worry about putting things in buckets of like, well, did I did I dictate this? Did I initiate this? Because um, I know, Mike, you had posted something on, on Facebook in terms of, you know, how what percentage of things do you make happen versus what happens to you, which, you know, is very similar to the control thing. And, and I think you said, mm. for, you know, maybe not for you, but you, you threw out a, a nugget of, is it 90-10? And, and I kind of went the reverse that I, I think my brain wants to tell me 90% of what I do I'm in control of, but I think it's probably less than the 10% or 20% that I'm actually in control. And the other 80% is that I'm responding to things that are happening. It's... It's, uh, mm. I, I don't know if I believe in the butterfly effect, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I, I think, I think the prescription for myself that has been very helpful is, is, uh, is meditation. I, you know, I, I don't know if, if to our listeners, if I'm throwing something way out there, like, Oh God, what are these dudes talking about? You know, mindfulness, awareness, meditation, what, but, but, I have noticed uh, I've noticed just even if it's five minutes a day to just watch my my own thoughts, you know, take 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 some time, get somewhere quiet. And I, do you guys remember there was a book a couple of years ago? It was pretty popular. I, the Untethered Soul. Do you remember yeah. it? Yes, it was, yes. I think it's great book. Michael Singer. Yeah, it was a really good book. I'll, I'll post a link on, on our on our website. It's, to the it's such a good book that it's it's right here on my desk. See? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember early on in the book, he, he has probably one of the best descriptions of what's going on of, uh, that I ever read or heard where he talks about it's like you have uh, an unwelcome roommate living in your head who just judges everything you do. You know, everything that's stupid. Well, you want to do that. Who would want to do that? Everyone's going to think you're stupid, you know, and it's just this guy living in your head saying that to you all the time. And I know for myself. Boy, that that dude, he's up there, and he's he's all he's always saying that stuff. And the only way to shut him up is to be aware of him, you know, is to take the time and every day notice that he's up there and that he's 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 saying those things. I can't tell him to stop because then it's like he just gets louder. But if I just am aware of him and I just keep him out of the like I'm watching him out of the corner of my eye, for some reason he doesn't say things so loudly anymore. Mm -hmm. So I notice every day just. Five minutes. In fact, I I use an app. Uh, you know, I, I download an app off of the uh, you know iTunes App Store. Just a, a meditation app that just sort of times it, keeps keeps me cool, lets me know that I'm that I'm you know doing sure. it for a bit of time. And I've found uh, a lot of peace yeah. in the past you know, three four months just by doing that, watching it. Yeah, the meditation thing is, you know, for some it can be hard because, and I think, you know, whether it's the untethered soul or, or um, you know, the good earth or something by Eckhart Tolle, I think Eckhart Tolle in his first book kind of talks about watching the thinker. And that's really what you're doing even in meditation because if anybody has not done meditation before and they start doing it, the first thing they're going to realize is like, you know, is that squirrel kind of notion like squirrel, you know, like you're going to be thinking about work, you're going to be thinking about <laughs> yeah. when is this meditation over. So maybe the advice I would give is is thinking about just your life and basic do something out of the normal. Um, so for me, like I have a lot of pets, so 
sometimes where it's like you come home and I just lay on the ground and like rub rub the dog's belly or pet his back or, or goof around with the kid or something. Like that. But it's those little moments where you'll find that you're in that moment and you're not thinking about anything because you're just enjoying that experience. Um, like I know probably all of us picked up a guitar. I know Mike, you're an accomplished musician. I, I play guitar. Doing that um, takes me away from thinking about anything else. Uh, one of the things I learned many years ago when I was a kid was how to juggle. Uh, it's the same type of thing because it, it's really therapeutic for me and I can do that juggling thing and that rhythm very well. But I notice when I'm doing it, I'm concentrating on keeping these objects in the air and I don't think about anything. And for me, that, that you know, maybe when you said listeners might be off put by the meditation, in, in essence, I think those things I just described are, are meditation. It, it, it accomplishes the same thing. So here we are. We are almost at the end of our podcast here. So uh, final thoughts to uh, our listeners out there on, on am I in control of my life? You know, I think everybody suffers from what we're talking about, the control thing and, and all. And, and an example I have, I was watching a, a couple of clips last night. I, I recorded the, uh, the Super Bowl halftime shows from uh, from this past uh, this past season. And that was all the seasons prior, you know, they're going through it. And they, they were showing the one with Paul McCartney getting ready to go up on stage. And he's standing in the tunnel, you know, like ready to get out onto the field and do his show. And I'm thinking, Paul McCartney, I mean, probably one of the most celebrated musicians you know, definitely one of the most celebrated bands ever in all time, you know, and for the younger people. Paul McCartney was one of the Beatles. It was a popular band back in the 60s, continued on through 70s, 80s, very popular today with, with uh, people who are older and probably some younger people as well. But Paul's standing there in the voiceover, you know, he's, he's saying as he's commenting, as he said, here I am standing in the tunnel. I'm nervous as can be. I'm wondering, you know, am I going to get out there and, and fall? Or am I going to make a mistake? You know, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I mean, to be him and to be able to do that, I would be like, here I am, I'm Paul McCartney, and I just walk out and do it. Well, not that's not true, because people would say the same thing about me or the same thing about you guys. And to me, to hear that and watch that and realize a guy like that that is so accomplished, so celebrated in terms of his music and his things he's done, is nervous about an outcome like that, maybe out of control or not able to control the what happens in the show, that's mind-boggling to me. I mean, if he walked out on the stage and and just said hello in his, you know, that English accent, whatever. I think the crowd would go go wild just with that alone. And then to put on a performance like he did, you know, with the with all of the spectacular stuff behind it, unbelievable. So I think knowing that makes me feel a little bit more comfort in the sense that we all suffer from it. And as Mike said earlier, with a little thought, maybe a little meditation, a little awareness, it can help me a whole lot, you know, to overcome that. You know, as as my final thought, I'll, I'll dovetail on on top of the Paul McCartney story with with kind of a, a real sad cautionary tale that has everything to do with with what we're talking about here. I saw that uh, uh, Keith Emerson just died of em- Emerson Lake and Palmer, and this week they determined it was a suicide. And and I I read a little bit more that that they think you know he was suffering from depression and anxiety. He had a tour coming up in Japan. He's have been having. Uh, a lot of difficulty playing his music to the level that he wanted to play it. He was so freaked out about letting down his his fans that he was really going through a lot of mental hurt, and and it they believe it it led to a suicide. So the the huge cautionary tale is he's he's Keith Emerson. He could have he could have ha- easily retired, and everyone would have would have celebrated an incredible incredible life of music, but he didn't. He he still had this voice. Yeah. And a siren in the background of me, too. 
Let's let that go. Out of control. This, this yeah, is one of those. We're not, this is it. You, you were not in control siren, of this man. podcast, Mike. But uh... we're not in control of sirens, garbage trucks, whatever. Anyway, back to back to Keith Emerson. So I, I, for me, I take that as as a tale. His his own head was telling him something about himself that may or may not have been true, or certainly, in my opinion, shouldn't have been so true as to make him take his own life. And I think we all kind of suffer from that. Maybe we don't go through with the actual suicide. Hopefully we don't. But we do kill ourselves. We do like damage ourselves if we don't get a hold of that voice in our head that says, things are bad. This is bad. That email is bad. And, and, and I'm, you know, the performance of, of that I had was terrible. Work is terrible. What, what's going on with my kids is terrible. You know, what, whatever those things, they are as they are. And how we react to them is is within our realm of control if we just are able to be aware of them. And I think the first step is to have an awareness of them. And I would encourage myself, right, to do whatever I need to do. If meditation seems to work, amen. Running works for me, amen. It's sort of meditative. To be aware of those thoughts, be aware that they're happening, and then go from that point. Awesome wrap up, both of you guys. I, I was thinking as both of you were speaking, like I had this notion in my head of like, okay, where am I now in terms of being controlled after all the different information that was shared? But I, I've kind of turned to, you know, this pressure, I, I think that both of you described that we put on ourselves. It, it's somewhat self-inflicted, especially when you mentioned Paul McCartney and, and Keith Emerson, to think about the level of those individuals and the pressure they put on themselves. It, it, it tells me that maybe I need to ease up on the throttle, that don't worry about this control thing, or what's, it, instead of thinking of the worst that can happen, think about what's logically going to happen. Probably nothing, you know, um, or there's always an apology if, if I didn't keep up with something, or if I did the best that I could, that's all I can ask. I, I, I can't I can't do everything at once, so feel a little bit of relief. So I wanna thank you. We'd love to know what our listeners have to say. Check us out at obviousquestion.wordpress.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we are on, uh, you know, you can find us on iTunes to, to subscribe. Throw us a review if you can. Uh, you can also get us on Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, pretty much on every platform there is. <laughs> and we're very excited about it. But what we really love to do is hear your thoughts. Um, and probably the best way to do that is to find us on Facebook. So tune in next time and uh, thank you all.